Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is near an end and it's been a great month of sports august is upon us if you're into sports betting bet online is where you can find it from the nba and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups including prop bets and futures bet online has all the latest odds news and information for all your online sports betting needs visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, July 26th, 2021. Happy that uh, you are with us and always appreciate listening in. Today, we're going to be talking about the year that sports entertainment and streaming saved television. Get into what that means and what that looks like, but uh, ultimately uh, the year of 2020 and um, really into 2021 and sort of the trends that it started and things that we're seeing uh, are clearly uh, opening up opportunities for streaming. We've seen uh, growth in terms of streaming. We've seen a lot of different uh, opportunities that have occurred, uh, really partially because of the pandemic, or maybe even you can say that just accelerated the jump into streaming. But clearly uh, during 2020, uh, studios and streamers moved uh, more so to a direct streaming model or combo model, where they offer both, you know, essentially streaming and or uh, you know your traditional broadcast model and I think sports in particular definitely increased uh, the ability of streaming whether you're talking about the zone you're talking about ESPN plus you're talking about Peacock with NBC and some of the sports that NBC uh, traditionally will broadcast talking about the growth of uh, Amazon and uh, the platform getting in more into sports. Uh, it's, it's definitely grown. Of course, one of the problems in the entertainment space has been this idea that, you know, how do you deal with um, essentially fans or uh, let's say theater goers not being able to attend the theater in person. And of course uh, it was HBO or Warner Media that really pushed into this idea of, well, let's just have a direct uh, streaming model when it came to new films. And then if theaters were allowing it, they would do a, a short theatrical window. I think that, that some of that stuff is here to stay. I think the experts would tell you that, uh, that the theatrical window is shortening. I don't think they're gonna get rid of it because of the awards uh, that go with streaming with, um, you know, frankly, the parties that go with streaming when you're talking about red carpet events uh, in terms of streaming versus 
um, your traditional theatrical window. So I think most experts in the studio space would tell you that this idea of theatrical window is just going to shorten. It's not going to uh, be totally gone. But of course, anytime you have a shutdown or you have theaters and you know people not being able to go into businesses, obviously that creates a problem, right? And uh, and so you have to find a way to meet the consumer where they're at. And of course, as we know, during 2020 and 2021, uh, a lot of the theaters were closed. A lot of the sports venues were closed. It's not until really let's say June of 2021, we're really started to see a huge influx of in-person sporting events. And of course, now there seems to be this Delta variant when it comes to COVID. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, hopefully that is short-lived and, um, you know, we can continue to be back to being in person without restrictions, but uh, that's where we find ourselves. And of course, um, we've seen this huge influx of streaming. Uh, I think that history would probably show that uh, streaming was already um, sort of on the move uh, before 2020. I think this is where the, the future was. I think the pandemic really kind of just heightened this and made it a, um, an easier thing to do uh, in the sense that people were already working from home and uh, there was a lot of people who had this sort of time um, to spend more time at home. And so I think it opened up opportunities in that sense. So I guess we could conclusively say that the pandemic only encouraged change uh, to streaming more rapidly, but it was something that was already happening. Now it is interesting on the media side and sports side, the move to streaming took a little bit longer. I think part of this is the fact that most people uh, when it comes to media consume or an increasing amount consume via social media, via clips, or, um, you know, they read it in an online article, that sort of thing, or they hear it from their friends, but social media plays a huge role in this. So of course there was less of an interest in moving to streaming, but I think once people were spending more time at home, they said, well, you know, the network basically thought, well, how do we reach people in a more consistent way? And they looked over at entertainment and they were already moving towards uh, streaming. So they figured, you know, why not? They think it makes sense. Now, Fox Nation had already been in play. They created the streaming application and platform in 2018, and it's become a really popular platform. Well, CNN Plus just last week launched their application and platform. So we're going to see how that plays out, what that means. But I think on the sports side, you know, frankly, and this has to do with media as well, but a lot of the stuff that you watch in media and sports is live, you know, especially if you want to get, you know, get the news or, you know, the, watch the game or watch the news, it's generally going to watch it live. But I think um, once the network saw that, you know, they had a lot of basically people they weren't reaching by not offering a streaming option, I think they made the move to do that. And, and now I think, again, we're going to see a combo model there too. You're still going to see people have their traditional broadcast when it comes to, uh, you know, having a, a cable package, but in an increasing amount, it's moving more towards streaming. And of course, the streamers are complementing that by offering media and sports programs on their platforms. So I think the, the, the hybrid model is likely the way forward. Now, of course, there's uh, some opposition to this. You know, you have NATO, which is the uh, National Association of Theater Owners, not to be 
uh, confused with the political aspect of NATO, but um, they've expressed some concern and displeasure with the hybrid model because it does shorten the theatrical window. And in some cases, particularly where theaters are not opened, uh, I have some opportunity to really get rid of the theatrical window, which is what we saw with Warner Media and, um, and even with Amazon and other, uh, even with Apple Plus, when you're talking about original movies that uh, were not going to go to streaming, you know, anyway, but it, or at least maybe they were pressured not to um, to go into a theater, so they went to streaming directly. But the uh, National Association of Theater Owners has expressed some displeasure with this and basically said, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, this is reduces the theater going experience. Uh, it prevents awards. And, uh, and of course, for the theaters, it reduces profits and ticket sales and concessions. But I think part of this too is studios and talent are under pressure to meet the consumer where they're at, which is on, in many cases, an individual screen, not a community one. So uh, it, it, it is a balance. And I think we're kind of seeing how this is going to play out. Again, I think the compromise is probably a shortened theatrical window versus getting rid of it. Um, but again, I think even the awards folks have have moved. Uh, the Oscars have even moved to looking at um, accepting, you know, short, shortened theatrical windows. So times are definitely changing. I think sports, uh, you know, will continue their push into streaming. You see NBC's Peacock really using their platform for the Olympics. Amazon now exclusively has Thursday night football rights. Um, you have even considering Sunday night football, ESPN Plus is obviously uh, continues to dominate in the sports space. I think uh, the NFL in a very smart way, as some of the other leagues have done, have capitalized on splitting up rights to broadcast games. Um, so you have, you know, broadcast versus streaming versus social media platforms. You know, reading an article this morning that Snap, uh, Snapchat had grown by, I think, well over 200 something percent when it came to um, uh, users in the past uh, year. I think part of that is because people were staying home, but also this idea that uh, sports are putting more content on there. And of course, with more sports content, you have more advertising. Uh, Netflix has even talked about this. They've basically said that until the, the live and advertising model um, is moved away from sports, they probably will not get into the sports game. But that being said, they've also added a ton of podcast uh, and uh, gaming. So um, peripheral stuff when it comes to sports, not sports exactly, but sports rights tend to be expensive too. And Netflix already spends a massive amount of money when it comes to uh, you know, streaming content, creating content. Now this is interesting and I wanna to point to a couple different factors here. It, you know. It, sort of nice to take note of the fact that the top five most watched primetime prime time programs in 2020 were sports related, specifically NFL games. So the rest of the top 10 were also NFL games, except for three, the Oscars, entertainment, college football championship, which is sports, and then the Mass Singer, which is a program put on by Fox. Uh, and uh, sort of funny enough, it appeared after the Super Bowl broadcast, so there was already a large built-in audience there watching the game. I think that there's historically the power of sports viewership is not surprising as 29 of the top 30 most watched television broadcast 
our Super Bowl games. The three most watched television series in the United States are NFL game packages, and they're on three different networks, NBC, Fox, and ESPN, Dizzy. And of course, ABC is now beginning into this as they begin to broadcast some of those games through uh, Disney-owned ABC. So again, just trying to meet more consumers where they're at, trying to broaden their base, uh, which is what you should be doing as a business owner, bringing in more clients, bringing in more subscribers, right? It is interesting, the number six on that top 10 list for the most television, most watched television series is uh, Amazon Stream Thursday Night Football. So even the streaming side of this is moving in uh, to that top 10 space. And then sort of the last point on this is in 2016, which is four years before streaming had really become mainstream, particularly to what it is today, 2020, I mean, streaming is everything. Um, I'll come across many people who don't have at least one streaming account, whether it be for sports or entertainment or a mixture of that. But four years before, so we're going back back to, I guess, five years now, but uh, back in 2016, but obviously four years before what we're talking about this, this sort of pandemic and what it did to increase streaming. But four years prior, in 2016, um, Professional sports across the world streamed to 10 billion people, meaning fans watch more than one sport. So we've got about 7.88 billion people in the world. So, uh, but it represents an astronomical number when you think about the current world population, right? So sports is clearly a big arena. And of course, we're seeing this through um, special purpose acquisition companies. We're seeing this through uh, private equity now being pushed into sports, particularly because the pandemic and um, those leagues and teams looking for additional capital. I think um, even sports are continuing to push into entertainment content with documentaries and reality television. It was just today that it was announced that uh, Vince McMahon, uh, owner and president of um, w, uh, WWE, the World Wrestling Group, is now gonna be doing a uh, scripted show on the, um, uh, McMahon versus uh, United States case talking about, um, you know, essentially um, performance enhancing drugs in the, in the sport. So, uh, and obviously the, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, uh, even Netflix used uh, its platform to grow uh, the Formula One series and getting people to watch that. So we're going to continue to see a lot of that. So even if Netflix doesn't get into sports directly by purchasing live broadcast, uh, it will get into it when it comes to sports documentaries and television shows because there's a huge interest in that. And I think we'll continue to see partnerships with cell phone companies, with uh, social media platforms in terms of finding the consumer where they're at. There's no reason why content should be exclusive. Uh, in many ways, the more people you can reach through more platforms is better as long as talent is getting paid and, and, and it's reaching people and the content is protected. Um, I think the new model these days is sort of less exclusivity. And uh, of course, some of that is kind of uh, hyperbole because you know ultimately you have to have the exclusive subscription to a platform to watch it, um, which I think in the opposite effect kind of shows the power of YouTube because you don't really need anything. You just need to access the internet to pull up videos um, but of course, in the YouTube model, you're probably going to see limited clips or 
uh, you know, limited views of it or whatever. So, but I, again, I think we're going to continue to see sports push into entertainment content. I think we're going to continue to see um, consumers continue to cut their cable cords. I think we're going to see studios, networks, and distributors um, would frankly be wise to match consumer habit uh, by increasing viewing options on multiple platforms. I think consumer choice has always led to better business uh, in, a, in a sort of capitalist market, right? And I think 2020, 2021, um, arguably, uh, factually, sports and entertainment programming saved television and it kept a lot of people entertained, uh, kept people working from home and whatnot. But uh, this is, I think, going to be the model going forward. I think streaming is only going to continue to increase. I think we're only continue to see sports programming um, on these different platforms. And, um, you know, whether it be for, you know, documentaries or, or what have you, but I don't think that, um, that Netflix is going to get into sports just, just yet. I think they're just going to do peripheral things to continue to, to uh, grow the platform, but we clearly live in a very interesting time and uh, we're going to continue to see sports grow uh, in that way. So again, folks, this is, uh, uh your host, Jeremy Evans. And I uh, always appreciate you being with us. This is episode 30 of season three. And uh, today is Monday, July 26th, um, 2021. And uh, look forward to being back with you very soon. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube